So I've all but stopped watching TV in my free time. You know, I'll watch TV sometimes if there's a Blackhawks game on or something. But uh, what I do instead sometimes is I'll, I'll watch YouTube. So it's kind of the same thing, right? But uh, what I like about YouTube is that you can follow certain people and you can follow uh, the things that they're doing. And so one of the categories of videos that I found that I enjoy is when people um, restore things. So they'll, they'll go out to an antique store or something and find like an old tool or machine or like coffee grinder or something like that and they start with it and it's all rusted out and it doesn't even work anymore and then by the end of it they take it apart they they clean it up they refinish it and put it back together and it looks like brand new probably even better than it was when it was brand new and it's really interesting to watch that process and I think it's even a little bit godlike to restore beauty to creation uh, but anyway sometimes when I watch those videos I find myself thinking eh, that would be kind of a fun hobby you know I wonder if I could do that. But then I start to think about what it would take. I say, gosh, I don't have any of the tools that I would need. Uh, it would take a lot of money to get those tools. I don't really have a whole lot of time to do it either. It looks like it takes a lot of time to do these things. I don't have the expertise. It would take me a lot of uh, effort to, to figure out how to do these things, right? And so the more and more I think about it, the more I realize, well, actually the outcome isn't worth the effort in this situation. So I end up just keep watching the videos, right? But we do this all the time, don't we? Whether we realize it or not, we can often reduce down what we're doing in life to that type of transaction, that cost-benefit analysis. And so when your alarm goes off in the morning, you have the choice. Do I get up and go to work? Is work uh, valuable enough, keeping my job valuable enough to me to get out of bed in this moment? And hopefully the answer is yes, right? We get out of bed and, and we go and do the things that we need to do because we need to keep our job, right? Um, same like when you decide you want to have breakfast. You might say one morning, you know, I'd really love a huge breakfast today, like bacon, eggs, waffle, biscuits and gravy, like the whole thing. But then you realize, man, I don't have the time or the motivation to do that, so I'm just gonna have some cereal, right? This happens all the time throughout our day. And again, we, we're constantly weighing the thing that we want with the effort and the, the resources it's going to take. We're constantly doing this cost-benefit analysis. And so I bring this up in order to frame what we see here uh, happening in the gospel because I think Jesus lays this out for us, right? He lays out a, a cost-benefit analysis for us. And he says at the very end, um, you will secure your lives. So he's talking about eternal life, of course. Um, and Jesus is basically saying at the end here, okay, I'm offering you eternal life. And that should be our ultimate goal. We realize that everything that we're doing here on earth is ordered towards heaven. That's our goal. The whole point of our life is to become saints. That's what everything we do should be ordered towards. So we see this and our ears should perk up a little bit. We should say, okay, that's the goal I want. Jesus is saying, I'll give you eternal life. What's the condition? What's the cost? But then we realize that actually the cost is a little bit heavy. Jesus says, before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons. And they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead to your giving testimony. Then he goes on, you will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. And they will put some of you to death. You'll be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. 
By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. All right, so we've got that goal. We've got heaven. Jesus promises it to us. Yet we realize that it's not always going to be easy. So let's try this thought experiment real quick. If Jesus showed up to you right now and said, I want to give you this free pass into heaven. When you die, show this pass at the gate. You'll come right in. No strings attached. Would we take that? I, I think so. I would anyway, right? That's what we're going for, is to get to heaven. But what if Jesus then said, all right, I'll give you this pass, but sometimes people are going to make fun of you. Like when you go out to a restaurant and you make the sign of the cross, people are going to laugh at you a little bit. People are going to call you mean names sometimes. But if you're willing to go through that, I'll give you this pass. Hopefully, we would all still say yes. I mean, none of that stuff is fun to go through, but hey, it's worth it if it means I go straight to heaven. What if Jesus said, okay, I'll give you this pass, but everyone in your life is going to hate you? Your neighbors, your coworkers, maybe even your family members. They're going to hate you because you have faith in me. Because you proclaim to be a Christian, people are going to hate you. Would you take the pass? What if Jesus says, I'll give you the pass, but you're going to get thrown in prison because of your faith? Or even worse, you'll be martyred because you love me. Do you take the pass? And this is what Jesus invites us to think about today, brothers and sisters. Where are we on that scale? How much are we willing to give for our faith in Jesus Christ? How much are we willing to spend in order to achieve eternal life? That's a question that we all need to ponder. And right now you might be thinking, well, okay, I get it, Father, but hey, this is 2019, we're in St. Charles, nobody's going to throw me in prison for being Catholic. Well, that's true at this point. Um, we're blessed to live in 2019 in the greatest country in the world where we enjoy all of these freedoms, especially religious liberty. However, there's no guarantee that that's going to continue. There's politicians out there like Beto O'Rourke, openly saying he's going to target churches and uh, religious institutions and charities because of some of our beliefs. It might not always be the case that we enjoy so much liberty, brothers and sisters. And so are we ready to suffer for our faith? And I know this isn't fun to think about. I know it's not fun to consider, but it is serious. And it is important for us to be ready for these types of things. This is what we see happening at the beginning of the gospel. People are in the temple, and it says they were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings. So people are in the temple, they're looking around, they see how beautiful the place is, and then Jesus says, guys, you're missing the point. I know this is a beautiful building, but the true temple is here. Jesus Christ himself is the true temple. He's the fulfillment of all that they were looking at. It was staring them right in the face, right in front of them. He's trying to get them to realize that and say, you know, guys, follow me. I can promise you eternal life if you persevere, if you stick with me, if you live this life that I'm giving you, I can promise you eternal life. But it's not going to be easy. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be persecution. But that's okay because of the reward that's at the end. And I've seen this happening, you know, um, if you ever go to like big cathedrals, whether in the States or, or in other countries 
wherever it might be, and you can go there and you can worship and you can celebrate Mass and you can be there kneeling down, adoring Jesus Christ, and you'll see people walking around like on tours or, you know, taking pictures of the church or something like that, which is fine in itself, but they're missing the point. They're missing the reason why they should be there in the first place, which is because of the presence of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here right now, brothers and sisters. It's because Jesus is here. He's in the tabernacle, body, blood, soul, and divinity made present to us. This is why we're here every week. This is why it's important for us to stay grounded in the Mass, to recognize that the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith. Jesus Christ is here right now. Why would we be anywhere else? Why would I choose to sleep in today? Why would I choose to go on vacation instead of being here? Why would I choose to go to a soccer game instead of being here with Jesus Christ? And so this is the question. Are we willing to give everything so that we can be followers of Jesus Christ? Or is there something in your life that's holding you back? Do you look at your life right now and say, yeah, I'd like to follow Jesus except this thing or this relationship? or this hobby, or this whatever. Because if there is, if there's something that's keeping you from Jesus Christ, get rid of it. It's not worth missing out on your relationship with Jesus Christ and ultimately attaining eternal life. And so let's not be afraid because we remember that any persecution, any pain, any suffering, any cross that we have to carry in this life is Nothing compared to the joys of heaven for eternity. Let's keep that in mind. Mass reminds us of what we're here on earth for, to get to heaven. We're pilgrims on a journey. Everything that we do should be ordered to getting us to heaven and the people around us as well. So let us renew our efforts today. Let us receive the mercy and the help of Jesus Christ that he has for us in this Eucharist. And let us continue to try Uh, to be the good disciples that Jesus calls us to be. Don't be afraid to give Jesus everything because he has already given everything for you.